0: Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon.
1: Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited to be here, and I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I didn't really know your pastor. I knew something about him, that he had been in Bulgaria, that kind of linked us together, Eastern Europe. And, uh, you know, we've uh, had some similar experiences uh, as we labored in uh, the nations there, Romania and Bulgaria. So there's a kindred spirit there. And I just appreciate he took a, a step of faith to have me. And uh, I just uh, appreciate that you know many of you have been able to come to every service, and that really helps uh, you know, every preacher likes to preach to people, not to just uh, chairs, amen, and uh, thank you. I know that you uh, have labored and uh, given out flyers, invited people, prayed for people, and all of that really makes a difference, and I do uh, uh, appreciate that. Also, uh, uh, the fact that you were willing to uh, give, I want to say on behalf of my wife and I, thank you. Uh, I've given in many love offerings amen so I know I've heard I've been in your place amen and given and and uh, I believe God's going to bless you for that and so if you have your Bible you can turn to Romans chapter 10 this evening you can put up that first picture sister you know uh, when I was in Madagascar uh, we tried many different outreach uh, you know ideas Uh, we you know, we did concerts and uh, uh, we would go out, uh, there was a favorite place we went that uh, people passed through in a park area near Lake and, and uh, they weren't so interested in the music that we presented there, but the one thing that really did stop the crowds was drama. And so, you know, in light of all that's been going on in the Marvel Universe, etc., I came up with this idea of presenting a superhero skit. So I went online, eBay, I got the latest the Batman costume, uh, Spider-Man, and Wonder Woman, and and I put together this skit where this person's standing there in chains and struggling to get free, and, and a person walks up to them, and what's going on? You look like you're in trouble. You need some help. Yeah, I'm trapped in these chains. And really, well, what happened? How did that happen? I don't know. I just suddenly realized I'm in these chains. I can't get free and struggling. And so the guy tries to help him fails. And and he says, wow, I can't seem to help you, but maybe there's somebody else. And we would cue uh, the latest movie theme song of uh, B- Batman. And so here he would come out, the cape is flowing and he's got the you know it looks just like the movie costume and and this guy would run around the crowd and and uh, get down and he'd do a one-arm he was pretty uh, you know athletic so he'd do a one-arm push-up and just uh, demonstrating his strength and and uh, then uh, the guy said well who are you oh i'm batman really what's special about you? oh i've got you know bat powers and i can i save people uh uh, you know i'm a a superhero really well maybe you can help this guy he's in these chains and we can't seem to get him free and so he's there and he struggles he can't do it and so he's discouraged you know and so the mc said there must be someone that can help us and so we cue the music for spider-man and here comes this guy he's got the spider-man costume and he's doing the you know the webbing you know and doing all that who are you I'm spider-man etc and of course, he fails, and then uh, he goes. Gosh, there's got to be someone. This poor person needs help, and and we cue the Wonder Woman, and here comes Wonder Woman, and uh, uh, she, you know, goes around the crowd, and they're looking at her, and. And she comes up and and he begins to explain to her what's going on that this guy doesn't know why and she goes well I'll, I'll find out why I've got this lasso of truth she's got this thing forces people to speak the truth so she wraps it around and says it's, it's got this LED light that's flashing you know and and uh, so then he begins to confess yeah, I'm an adulterer, I'm a liar and a drunkard and all this stuff <laughs> ah now we know but again she she tries to free him he fails or she fails and course, uh, only Jesus can set us free. Amen. But what was so amazing about the, that skit was the interest that people had in it. I mean, it drew hundreds of people. And then it would give us a, a you know, a, a venue, an opportunity to be able to preach the gospel. Uh, and we always saw, you know, 30, 40 people respond, and that was uh, wonderful. But also, I share that with you because it helps to illustrate the popularity of uh, in our generation, uh, uh, towards superheroes. This is what made Marvel uh, uh, Comics a fortune, uh, uh, the Marvel Universe, and then there's the DC Comics and their effort to uh, popularize their various characters. And so, uh, you know, there's many of them, but they all have one thing in common. They're fighting against the forces of evil. And they're popular because people want someone they can believe in. Someone who would uh, rise up and be willing to uh, do what is necessary to fight against the evils of our time. You know that God is also looking for superheroes. These are men and women who are willing to rise up in this generation and use their super or supernatural powers to fight for the cause of righteousness and truth. And so I want to talk about how superheroes are needed in our generation. We're just going to read a couple of verses as we begin Romans 10. You can follow along if you like. Verse 14 and 15, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not uh, uh, heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. I want to consider, first of you, that our world needs super or supernatural heroes. You can go to the next picture. And that's because there are evil villains at work. You know, in every one of these superhero stories, and they go way back, you know, some 100 years ago, they started with little, you know, uh, uh, little drawings they put in newspapers, later on became magazines, books, etc. And, you know, just a, just a myriad of various characters. Uh, and, but in each one of these stories, there's an evil villain. This is someone who seeks to accomplish evil in the world. And they always have an army at their disposal, and their sole desire and actions are focused on destroying all that is good. They always have some kind of secret weapon, and they use their evil weapon to enslave people, uh, forcing them to fulfill their evil plans. And so there's a villain in our story, Uh, you can go to the next one, yes, there he is, Satan, the adversary, you know, our world has been enslaved by the devil, Jesus said those that Practice sin, or the slaves of sin, and he has also a army of demons who work together with him to accomplish his will. He's been very successful in exploiting the poison of sin to confuse people, so that the world does not even know that they are enslaved by him. You can go to the next picture. In fact, the Apostle Paul, maybe the. Some of those people look familiar to you. I don't know, family members maybe, or that's how you used to look, amen, before you got saved. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, but even if our gospel is hidden, it is hidden to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. See, the curse of sin has made the world uh, zombies. You know the zombie apocalypse is real. Amen. It's all around us. The living dead separated from God and all of His uh, mercy, separated from all the blessings that He would have for them, separated from His love and His forgiveness because sin of working in their life. And so, you know, just like these villains in these magazines and movies have a secret weapon, the devil also has a weapon that he uses very successfully. Go to the next picture. Jesus said this about the devil. You are of your father the devil, speaking to the religious people of his day, the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. So Jesus identifies the devil as the father of lies. This is his weapon of choice. And through his lies, he has deceived billions, that's with a B, people all over the world, deceived them in such a way, but he's been so successful uh, that this has caused them to not be able to understand about God's plan of salvation. It's like the lights are on, but nobody's home because they have believed his lies. His lies have infiltrated into humanity and cultures all around the world and deceived billions away from the truth. And Jesus calls them a murderer because his lies have destroyed them and prevented them from knowing the truth, murdering them spiritually and many even physically. And so the devil's lies are, are, are just a multitude uh, and no doubt you've heard some of these, and perhaps you've even repeated them, believed them, lived your life by them. You hear them. When you go on evangelism and you try to talk to somebody and share with them the truth and try to convince them that they need Jesus, guess what? You start hearing the devil's lies. And, 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 and many believe the same lies. Ah, oh, you know, I, I'm a good person. I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I can't help myself. Uh, I try to be good. Uh, yeah, uh, listen, everyone sins. You know, God doesn't care about my sins. Uh, I, I'm not a murderer. I go to church. You know, all religions are the same, anyways. You know, I believe in God, uh, and that's all that matters. I get to go to heaven, or you know, I don't really want to go to heaven, I I don't think I know anybody there. I want to go to hell where all my friends are going to be and we're going to have a big party. And so the list truly is endless, but the results are the same. Billions deceived and ultimately condemned to eternal destruction. And so superheroes are needed. And superheroes are also equipped. They have powers, go to the next picture. You know, uh, if you've read any of the comics, seen any of the movies, you know that they have some kind of special abilities, perhaps the the ability to fly, or or they have great strength, or some other kind of special ability that helps them to uh, overcome the forces of evil. And we also have superpowers available to us. You can go to the next picture. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus, as he's getting ready to ascend up into heaven, he says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Super power made available to you and I through God's Spirit. See, we need we need an edge. We need an anointing. We try to talk to people who have been blinded by the devil's lies. They are bound. They, they are blinded to the truth. Something has to penetrate through these lies. Something has to penetrate to their heart to, to help them to understand. See, we need more than just a good argument. Now, I don't think that you should go out to, and try to evangelize without being prepared. You need to be able to give an account of the hope that lies within you. That's what Paul says. You should really take the time, if you haven't done this already, you should write down your testimony. Because everyone here has a special testimony. Your story, what happened to you? Start by thinking about your life before you got saved and write down just three things. How bad your life was. How bad a sinner were you? This is one of the problems why people, when they get saved, they're kind of listless and kind of confused because they really never saw themselves as a sinner. So they couldn't, you know, and maybe this will be, you know, a voyage of discovery for you because you never really thought of yourself as a sinner. But truly, every single person's a sinner. And if you're not sure what sins you're guilty of, uh, just think about it for a while, pray. If you read your Bible, you discover very quickly it's a multitude but write down three things uh, uh, that you can clearly say, you know, this is the kind of person I was. These are the things I was guilty of, uh, and many more, but these are the three. Uh, uh, and, and not only that, but describe how your life was before you got saved. Probably things weren't also also great. Probably had some problems. Maybe some crisis in your life. Maybe you were experiencing some of the consequences of those sins. And then, uh, after that, then you want to describe what it was uh, that motivated you to respond and get saved. Maybe you heard a sermon. Maybe somebody talked to you on the street. Maybe they came to your door. Maybe you were just laying like me. I was just laying in my bed. God came into my room and gave me an altar call. And I realized at that moment I was a sinner lost. And what was going on in your mind. And try to describe that. Put it down. It doesn't have to be five pages and two volumes. But it's your story. Your personal story. And then how your life has changed. How about three things that are better now? And I'll tell you what. If you get that organized, you've got a testimony. Amen. That glorifies God. Because that's what it's all about. Something that people can relate to when they hear that, they go, yeah, that's me. Sounds like my life. Now he captured their attention. Amen. It's powerful. The testimony is powerful. But listen, we need even more than that. Paul says this, 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5, In my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Do you realize that every false religion has a good argument why their religion is the right one? Try to talk to a Muslim. They're very convinced. They have a good argument why you should be a Muslim. Talk to a Seventh-day Adventist, a Mormon, a, a Jehovah Witness, a Catholic, and they all have a good argument why their are Following the right religion. Did you know that most Jehovah Witnesses and, and Mormons used to be former Protestant Christians? See, the problem was their faith was in an argument. And when a better argument or a more passionate argument came along, they converted. And they were convinced that this other argument was true. That's why, if all we have is a good argument, we're in trouble. We need something supernatural working in and through us uh, so that when we come uh, you know, to a place where we can uh, help someone to know the truth, there's an anointing, supernatural anointing flowing through us uh, that can impact their lives, that can penetrate the lies that have deceived them. See, without the power, we are no different than any other religion. And so this power is manifest in different ways. It's revealed in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. We have a list. Verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit, we sometimes call this list the gifts of the Spirit, is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing By the same spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now I wondered, as I was going through that list, I wonder if you began to hear something repeated, a certain phrase repeated. And that phrase is, to another, to another. And so the emphasis in this list is it's not just one. Because God's intention was never to have the celebrity preacher. See, some people get the idea, oh, I can't wait for a revival, then we'll see the supernatural. No, that's not the plan of God. God had never intended it to be that way. He, he, he said, how is it when you come together, brethren? One of you has a psalm. One of you has a tongue. One of you has a, a revelation. That means when you come to church, you should come with an understanding that God may want to use you. It's not just about you, uh, uh, like some bird in a nest with your mouth open to receive. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so why not in this church to another, you are moved upon by the Spirit of God to bless somebody in the church and you have a word of knowledge.
0: of Chandler Conference, so please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks.
1: You know, one time I was in this church, and uh, you know, I was preaching revival. We were there. To, it was the final night, and, and uh, I, I'm praying for a line of young people, and they, they all got filled with the Spirit, but after that, and the pastor didn't tell me what he was going to do, but he just uh, uh, spoke up, and he said, I believe one of you young people have a word for the evangelist. Okay, so I'm just standing there, and, and we're waiting, and one of the young girls, they shared a word, and it was, you know, it was their first attempt, you know, it was, it was simple, but it was good. And so then he says, does anybody else? So a lady out in the uh, congregation raises her hand, yeah, I, I printed it early, let me go get it out of my car. She gave it to me, I read it later, it was right on. Anybody else? Another guy who sometimes goes out and preaches, a former pastor, he, gets a, he comes over and he gives me a word. And it was right on. And then earlier that week, I was just you know, meeting and greeting people throughout the congregation, and this guy was visiting that night, one time only, I never saw him before or after. He goes, I'm from New Zealand, but while you were preaching, God showed me a vision. And so he, he goes, take it for what it's worth, he shared it with me, it was right on. So with that revival, I got four words from the church. Why not here? God's no respecter of persons. But we have to have a desire and be open and allow God to use our lives. You know what happened? The previous time I preached at that same church, you're talking like 14 years, 15, 16 years ago, a woman came up to me and she goes, Do you have a brother named Mark. That's pretty bold. naming names. Yeah, I do. She goes, I just want you to know, God showed me that it's going to be all right. He's going to get saved. So roll the clock ahead, 15, 16 years. And just recently, the last time I communicated with my brother, he sent me a text, and he says, I am saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 16 years later. And don't get discouraged if some word that is spoken over your life is not immediate. It's not being fulfilled exactly right now. For Abraham, it was 25 years later. God said, you're going to have a son. I don't see one. Look at my wife. I think we're past the date. It's, you know, the, you know uh, I think the, you know, you know, the time stamp, you know, this, it's expired. because She was beyond the normal childbearing years. You know, it doesn't matter. And so God wants to use our lives. So he's given us power. And there's power that is manifest in many different ways for the benefit of others. He's given us power over demons to heal the sick. Uh, Matthew 10, 1, and he called his 12 disciples to him. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Did you know when Jesus evangelized, he used three things repeatedly. One was word of knowledge. The other was casting out demons and the third was healing the sick. And so, you know, what I told my church when we would go out, we would get together and I would challenge us and say, listen, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You have all the power of heaven working in your life. You need to take a step of faith as you're evangelizing. First thing you do, put away the flyers. Don't let them see your paperwork because what's going to happen if they see a flyer in your hand, you know what? They're not listening to what you say. They're somehow trying to tilt their head and look at whatever's in your hand. If you give it to them, forget it. That's all they're looking at. Who is this person? That's what they're thinking. This crazy person talking at my door. Is this a Mormon? Jehovah's Witness? And so they're not listening to you. So what you need to do is put that away. You don't show, don't show your cards. Hide it, put it in your purse, put it in your pocket, wherever you can put it, and you're just talking to them as a human being, heart to heart, sharing your life, your story, the truth and the reality of Jesus working in your life, sharing with them, sharing that to them honestly and sincerely. Then you ask them to pray with you. And then I told my church, listen, before you separate from that person, you offer to pray for them. Whatever they're, ask them what their needs are. Are you sick? Are you troubled? you need help in any way can I pray with you right now and then just before you separate oh by the way here I'd like to invite you to church amen and if they're sick and you pray for them and they get healed all the better what was the testimony in mark 16 19 through 20 it says this so then after the Lord had spoken to them he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Lord, or the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word with, through the accompanying signs. Amen. So you're not alone. God is with you. And all the power of heaven is resident within you through his spirit to do something supernatural. You can go to the... Oh, we missed the, yeah, you can do the next picture. I got carried away, amen. You can go to the next one, hallelujah. I believe that we can all be superheroes. Amen, there he is. For some of the old time Christians, you might remember uh, some Christian's effort to make a Christian superhero. That's Bible man, and then I think there's a, the other two are, are women. So there's some Bible women also, <laughs> hallelujah. But, you know, I believe that every Christian can be a superhero, it says in Romans 10, 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom or of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? God needs us. God wants to use us to share the truth. I want to tell you, that's a rare thing in our generation, churches that share the truth. They've resorted to help programs and, you know, they have their place. Feeding and clothing and, all, and visiting the sick. All yeah, we should all do those things. Inspire. You know, we talked about it uh, uh, Thursday night. Maybe God's inspiring you to maybe start one of those ministries. It's it's a valid thing. It's a it's an outlet to, for our evangelistic efforts. But God needs us. He went up into heaven and gave us the challenge and what we call the commission. The commission is us working with Him to reach the lost. God wants to use our lives, but you say, well, who am I? I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. You can go to the next picture. Well, you know, even in the cartoon movie, The Incredibles, even the baby had superpowers. So it doesn't matter how old you are as a Christian. You might be a new convert. But if you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the power to touch people's lives. I remember when i was a new convert and i was not a part of this fellowship i got saved in 1978 i was in a different church and 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 while i was attending there was much talk about healing i went to various meetings where these preachers were praying for the sick and seeing that and uh, however i'd never made any effort to do it myself and didn't even think about doing it myself but one time i was working with a guy and my job at that time was to go into a home and we would take out all the old carpet and put in new carpet. So I was a carpet installer, and uh, so we, you know my truck is loaded. We're there. We knock on this door, and this this older gentleman opens the door, and I look past him and I can see that this man hasn't moved anything in his house. I mean, there's dirty dishes on the coffee table. There's clothes laying around here and there. I, you know, I thought this is going to be one of those days because I'm only getting paid. To take out the old carpet and put the new carpet not move all of his stuff and if you've ever had to move your house you know how much work is involved there because we're moving it all out and all back in a day plus putting all the flooring in. It. and so you know he's I, you know he invites me in I'm walking around I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated you know getting a little angry and uh, then he starts telling me well you know Sonny he's an older guy I'm really sorry. I can, you know, I we didn't, weren't able to move anything because I hurt my back. I'm not supposed to lift any anything, and I'm going uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Okay, okay, all right. Well, uh, so this guy that's working with me, we both go to the same church, and I said, listen, I don't know, it must have been holy boldness. I don't know. Like I said, I never did this before. I said, listen, I believe that if you let me and my friend pray for you, God will heal you and do a miracle. And he looked at me a little strange and he didn't know quite how to respond and then he said well okay now i'm on the spot and, and he goes well what do you want me to do and i I don't know why don't you just lay down here on the floor so he laid down on his belly and i i get on one side my friend gets on the other side we you know kneel down and we lay hands on his back in the name of jesus be healed i said now get up why don't you move around see what happened and he says like what happened? He goes, the pain is gone. I said, Hallelujah! Grab that box. Let's go. We got to empty this house. <laughs> and he did. He helped us empty the whole house. We put all the flooring in, and we're moving everything back. He's got a big box in his hand. His wife comes home and she goes, Honey, what are you doing? And, and, and you're back. And he goes, No, these boys prayed for me, and I'm totally healed. Amen. You know, often these superheroes would discover the power they had when there was a need. And suddenly they, they had to use whatever ability that they, they had latent in their, in, their, in their lives that they didn't even realize it. And the same thing is true as Christians. You'll only discover what God can do through you when you take a step of faith and trust God and use your superpower for good. You know, these superheroes often will respond to a cry for help. Go to the next one. Something triggers them into action. And there's always some way that they communicate with them to get their help. And so Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, it says, And the Lord said, he's speaking to Moses, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up from that land to a good and a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. To the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and the uh, Virginia Beachites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now. Therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. You know, We're here in church tonight, and we're so thankful that everyone is here. But you know, out there are people in their homes, and we don't always see what's going on, but many of them are suffering terribly. They're oppressed by the devil. Sin has brought ruin to families and marriages, and many are bound in sin and drugs and alcohol, immorality, you name it, loss on their way to a devil's hell, and the Lord sees that. See, we can't see behind closed doors. You know, you go down the street and you think the house is lovely, manicured, clean, and everything looks good. Some you see, they kind of wear their sins out in their yard. But, you know, most try to hide it, and so they look good. But, you know, the reality is behind closed doors are people that are suffering, and God sees that, and he wants to do something about that. And he's telling Moses, I've seen that. And I want to set him free. And he used Moses, who became one of the greatest superheroes of the Bible. He had power. And he used, matter of fact, he said uh, to God, listen, I, you know, th- why would they listen to me? You know, I can't speak well. I'm not really equipped for this. Uh, and he said, what's that in your hand? Oh, it's my uh, staff. Throw it on the ground. It becomes a snake. Supernatural power. And it's through that, through the supernatural, because God says that will convince them. It's the power that convinces people of the truth. And you have to understand that. You can't just go there armed. You do need a testimony, as I mentioned earlier, but you need the power. You know, these heroes often will disguise themselves, go to the next picture. They're incognito. They're blending in. And they only just show themselves in in their disguise when needed. But we, we can't hide who we are. Everyone needs to know that you're a Christian. People you work with, your neighbors, your, your family, your friends. Best thing you can do as a new convert is tell everyone you know that you love Jesus. Establish it. Because down the road, they're going to have problems. And they're going to find themselves in need and looking for answers. And they need to know you're the person that they can come to. I had a man that I worked with and I tried, you know, evangelizing to him and he just blew me off and mocked me and didn't really seem to really care. But one night I'm laying in bed, it's like 2 in the morning, and it was back in the days when we had answer machines, you know, and they would have a recorded message. And, and if, you know, if you forgot to turn off the sound, you would hear the your message and then whatever message they left. And so... This guy calls at two in the morning, and, and you know, it's ringing, and I'm thinking I'm not getting up, and uh, so the answer, you know, my, you know, response goes off, and and then it's this guy, he, his name is Joe, and he goes, Steve, Steve, if you're there, pick up the phone, I need help. I don't know what's going on? I get up, he goes, I need to get saved. He knew who to call because he knew I was a Christian. You know, every hero is honored in some way. Sometimes there's parades, books are written about them, maybe even a movie might be made describing their life and their actions. First Corinthians 3, 5-8 through 8 says this, Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed? As the Lord gave to each one, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So that neither he who plants is anything or anything special Nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase now he who plants and he who waters are one or one in the same and Each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor Whatever you do God remembers Whatever you do for the kingdom every moment of prayer for souls every dollar you've given for world evangelism every effort in ministry that you have given yourself to uh, try to fulfill. Listen, God remembers. And, you know, we may not get the recognition and the honor that we deserve here on earth, but God has a special ceremony for his superheroes. Go to the last picture. You know, this is a depiction of what is known as the marriage supper of the Lamb. And that takes place after the rapture and we're there and the bible says that uh, we're going to celebrate during the time of the great tribulation 7 years and during that time there's going to be a you know what i would call an awards banquet. And if you've ever been to an awards banquet, you know, they sometimes they give them for children that have played well in some sport or they've graduated or sometimes even companies will uh, have an awards banquet for some retiree Oh, and they would, you know, oh yeah, here's Joe, you know, he worked at the company 25 years, and just, you know, we so appreciate, and here, here you go, Joe, here's a watch, uh, and, and we want to give to you uh, in appreciation. If it's gold, you say, oh, that's good, but if it's just brass, but oh, all right, thank you, you know, or here's a plaque, you know, okay, you know. And I thought, well, you know, what's it going to be like in heaven? Because it says we will receive our commendation. Jesus says, I am coming. In fact, he says in Revelation twenty-two, twelve. Jesus said, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to the work. So the Lord is going to give us rewards. And I wonder, how is that going to play out? How's that going to work? We're in heaven. Isn't that reward enough? You know, and it's going to be a great thing that we've made it, Amen. But I thought it, maybe, maybe it's going to be kind of like this because the Bible says there's going to be a great multitude of people that no one can count around the throne, and there we are. And Jesus, the Bible says he's going to lay aside his garments and serve us to honor us for what we have done. And so there's these commendations and a reward for the work we've done. And I thought, well, maybe it's going to be kind of like this. You know, we, we want to, you know, acknowledge uh, Marie. Marie, why don't you stand up? You know, Marie was faithful in her church. She gave. She also worked with children. And, and those children, she would share with them the good news of, uh, you know, my stories in the Bible. Jesus is saying this. And, and, and these little children were impacted and inspired. And Some of those children grew up, uh, became uh, mothers and fathers. Others, however, went on to be missionaries some pastors, some pastors' wives. And, you know, Marie doesn't know the impact, all the impact, but, you know, these missionaries went into a foreign land and they preached and they impacted people. and And because of their ministry, other workers were raised up and they went further and they preached and people were touched and saved. So, you know, all of those that were touched because of Marie and her faithfulness, I want you, and the multitudes out there, I want you to stand up. Standing up, every Marie is like, I had no idea. Yeah. And we also we want also honor uh, uh, Tom. Tom, you know, he was uh, an usher in his church, and he faithfully prayed for world evangelism. He prayed for souls. He tried to work with new converts. Uh, he encouraged uh, those that gave their life to me. He gave to world missions, uh, and and Tom was faithful in his church, and he doesn't understand the impact he. But I want all those that were touched and eventually prayed to receive my gift of salvation. I want you to stand up. Tom is amazed. I don't think at that moment we look out over the crowd and he does this for each one of us. I don't think that we're gonna be upset. Like, "Ah, why did the rapture have to happen now? You know that galaxy upgrade was coming and. And I was really hoping for that. You know, I think the only thing on our mind, as we look out over the crowd, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have given more. I wish I'd had shared my faith more often. I wish I'd have made a greater effort to encourage the new convert. I wish I'd have went on evangelism. I wish I'd had given myself. To win more people to Jesus. Because when we're standing there, that is the only thing that's going to matter for eternity. Superheroes are needed. God is looking for superheroes. Let's bow our heads in this place. So appreciate each and every person that's in this place.